Hello and welcome to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter Kearley. Uh, thank you for joining me whenever you're joining me. Um, right now it is a cold, wintry night in Amarillo, Texas. We've actually been getting quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of snow recently. It's been pretty nice off and on all day. Um, so I, I so I started doing these Instagram lives. And every single time I've started one or done one, it pops up with that 20%, uh, the 20% uh, low battery or whatever. Every single time, I always have to reach over and it's very distracting, but I guess I'm going to have to get used to it. Anyway, to get today's show, I would like to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, whichever commercialized slogan that you adhere to, I would like to wish it to you. Um, this is the end of season two, this episode. It's kind of arbitrary. Uh, it's my 50th episode. I'm trying to break up my first season into 25 episode increments. Um, my, the end of my last season was my live show with Ginny Anzarello and Hayden Pedigo played live. Uh, we had it at the Amarillo Art Institute. Tonight is me by myself at my house. Uh, literally by myself. I mean, uh, I'm batching it right now because my family stayed down in Stephenville for a few extra days. Uh, so I'm home alone. It's been crazy. Like, I feel like, uh, you know, whenever they can't turn a wild animal back into the wild because they're like so used to living with humans, that's what family life has now done to me. Like, I can't be by myself. Um, you see, I'm either at home with my family or at the fire station with other firemen. So I'm never alone. Uh, so now it's actually like really tripping me out because uh, being at home alone uh, is weird. But they'll be back on Sunday, so I won't be home alone very long. Um, so this actually, it's weird that this is the end of season two for me because it actually feels like the end of season two. <clears throat> I uh, learned a lot of stuff my first season uh, made a lot of mistakes, uh, over-talked a lot of guests, um, uh, faced technical difficulties, all these different things. And then I kind of came, uh, overcame all those. I feel like at the end of at episode 25, I made like a really big jump, I feel like, in uh, maybe quality of content. Maybe y'all would be the judge of that. I don't know. I guess uh, I can't really say that my content's gotten better because it's like saying... Um, I don't know. It's almost saying like, oh, I've gotten prettier or something. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I can't really say that. Y'all can say that. But I feel like my content's gotten better. So 25 was a big step. And then uh, the second season, I made a, a whole new set of problems, you know, like or ran into a whole new set of problems. I was better in some regards with guests and worse in other regards with guests. Uh, I've tried integrating some like videos from YouTube that literally is going nowhere. Um, I I don't know if I can't find the time or I can't make the time to make it happen, but I haven't been posting them. I've, I have a bunch of them recorded. I just haven't been posting them. So uh, run into a whole new set and I imagine the next 25 episodes, I'll find out a whole new set of things. So thank you for bearing with me to the uh, listeners and uh, the people who are still giving me a chance, you know, who are still tuning in and um, I really appreciate because some people have been giving me like some positive feedback and stuff, uh, which this is a good spot to segue. I've had a lot of people, well, segue, it's still intro, but 
Um, I've had a lot of people ask me, so how's the show doing? iTunes doesn't actually give us any, like, or doesn't give us, doesn't give anybody, or I, as far as I know, analytics back, unless you're selling something. Now, I'm not selling a podcast, it's for free. So I'm not getting any numbers back from iTunes, but I have gotten 15 ratings on iTunes, um, 13 five star, and two four star. So uh, I feel good about that because I've told everybody if you're going to rate it, be honest. Um, give me a two if you think I deserve a two. Like, I don't want people being misled by, like, uh, abnormally high, uh, rating whenever the content's not good or people aren't gonna like it. Oh, taking a sip of my happy hour. They were my first sponsor, so I figured at the end of season two, give a shout out to my only sponsor, somebody that sponsored me so far, which was happy hour, and they make some delicious drinks. Anyway. I don't know. I, I shouted him out on Instagram, but I think that was before I was rolling with the actual podcast. So, but um, back to the numbers. This is how the show is doing by the numbers. The only way that I can actually judge it. So, <clears throat> like I said, fifteen ratings on iTunes, all five stars, some four star, two four stars. I'll I'll take that. I'll take it. So let's go to the website traffic. So I have a Squarespace account that's attached. That's how I post all of my podcasts. And it keeps, it gives me analytics. So last year, these are the numbers for the whole year, I had 1,328 visits or unique visitors. Unique visitors. So 1,328. That's a lot higher than I was expecting. Um, I had 1,472 visits. So of those unique people, I guess I can say, who knows, there's probably only 10 of them came back 10 times. But let's say 100 of them came back an extra time. You know, it, that's a good way. I mean, it's cool just to have people landing on my website. That's that's a, a plus, you know. And then I had 2,800, uh, 2,812 views. 2,812, 2,812, that'd be the actual like um, educated way of saying that, 2,812 page views. So that's a lot, those are a lot higher numbers than I was expecting. Um, so I have also a geography tab analytic in my Squarespace and it says geographically I had one hit from Sweden, one hit from Norway five from England, two from France, two from Germany, one from Hungary, one from Italy, one from Spain, one from the Ivory Coast, who would have thought, one from Ghana, who would have thought, one from Uganda, five from India, one from Indonesia, six from Australia, 11 from Canada, one from Mexico, and see this says I guess this is page, maybe page clicks or something, because it says 1,513 views from the USA. So I don't know if maybe that all adds up, because that's more than my unique visitors. So I guess maybe I had some people traveling. Maybe I had a couple like international listeners who are tuning in from different places or something. Like I said, I don't know what a lot of this means. I'm just kind of like, I'm relaying you information. The information that I got, I'm relaying it to you. So, um, I had two Patreon supporters, uh, Socks, one of our real good friends. I say our real good friends because 
really probably her and Shannon are better friends, but um, I'm friends, we're friends as well. So I say our friends because I, I think Shannon, Shannon and I are separate people. You know, we're married, but we're separate. We're our own people. So anyway, one of our friends and then uh, Taylor Waddell, who is also one of my friends, our friends, he's friends of the family. So uh, both of those two. And then the one sponsor who I've already shouted out, Happy Hour, taking another swig, a uh, delicious drink. So that's how the show's doing. Um, deduce from that what you will. I don't know. I don't know if it's. Uh, it feels good. It looks good. I mean, uh, I. So socks just she's in the Instagram live and she said, uh, "We friends, Dexter," and I agree. Or we friends, Dex. Uh, I haven't ever like made that uh, self-identification shift yet to where I'm like go from Dexter to Dex, like the abbreviated version of my name. But maybe I should. I don't know. My parents always thought I would when I got older. Uh, some people call me that. So uh, Socks calls me that. So anyway, um, so yeah, it's been a great year. I've I've really been excited about the year. Um, and I, like I said earlier, it does feel like the beginning of a second season to me. Uh, I do feel like I'm ramping up. Uh, I feel like my caliber, uh, y'all can tell me, give me feedback. I feel like my caliber of guests has always been high from my very beginning. Um, uh, my first couple guests were Aaron and Taylor Waddell. Those are my, uh, you can go back and look at the think episode one and episode maybe four or three or something like that. Uh, I feel like I started off with high caliber guests and I've continued that. Like all of my guests have been solid. Um, I feel like I am getting better at, I'm getting more in the groove of interviewing, of having a conversation, of not uh, over talking the guests. I've been told, a lot of people have said that. Like some of my first feet, some of my first feedback for the podcast was, Dexter, I never knew you talked so much um, until I like listened to a show of you having a guest that I wanted to hear what the guest was saying, and you over-talked him the whole time. So I, I've tried to get better at that. I've actually been conscious, uh, consciously uh, working at getting be, becoming a better conversationalist. Uh, it's helped me grow in a lot of ways, the podcast has, just listening back to my own conversations and how it sounds. Um, let's see here. I'm excited about my new guest. This next season, I'm planning on having uh, guests and doing rambles. Hopefully, more rambles. I think I can get those out a little bit more regularly, maybe a little bit more promptly. Um, I've got some new sponsors that are coming in. I'm really excited about starting a partnership with them. Um, I'm going to have a tab on my website that is going to be sponsors. And just click on that. It'll take you into... uh, uh, people that are sponsoring me, companies that are sponsoring me, and all of the companies so far that have sponsored me have been friends of mine, and they have been supporters of the show, like uh, personal supporters of the show. So it's it's really cool. I feel honored. Uh, so far, um, my sponsors have approached me about it, um, which has been really cool. They see it as a unique opportunity to get some... Uh, you know, cheaper advertising while also supporting me because I'm friends with them, you know, so it's, uh, it's super cool. I feel honored that number one, I have friends like them, uh, as well as, uh, 
you know, that they think it's worth worthwhile. So I'm really excited about the new sponsors. Um, I'm hoping to expand into some new directions this next year. I've uh, got a couple of personal goals that I think could also uh, bleed over into the podcast and then hopefully into the larger podcast community. Um, one of them is I kind of want to start. It's uh, it's going to kind of be like a running club, I guess. But I'm going to, uh, as soon as I actually finish this podcast, I'm going to start working on my website and I'm going to come up with a, uh, a tab. I'm going to call it Dexter's, Dexter's Dojo. Uh, click in there, and then there will be a tab in there that's called Beat the Primate. I'm wanting to uh, to do... I'll have several different tabs under uh, Dexter's Dojo, but the Beat the Primate, this is the one I want people to participate with. So it will be a week tally of how many miles you run combined with how many pull-ups you do and how many push-ups you do. So, um, each person that chooses to participate, it's going to be free participation. All it's going to cost you is a little bit of sweat and a little bit of effort. But, um, just if you run four miles, just send me a message saying clocked four miles and I will update the spreadsheet and then I'll update the website. Um, and we'll have fun. We'll see, uh, the way I think I'm going to do it is I think push-ups count for one. Each push-up counts for one point. Each pull-up counts for two points. And then each mile counts for four points, uh, if that makes sense. And then that, so that way if you, if you ran one mile, you did one pull-up, and you did one push-up, you would have a total of seven points. If I did that math incorrectly, uh, let's see, that's four, and then two, and then one. So seven points. Um, and then you just report back to me and I'm wanting to do at the end of the month, I'm going to do a cookie party. So uh, it's funny because I hear a lot of people bitch about like participation trophies, especially like my generation. Like I've heard the generation older than me. Um, they always say like, oh, that's the problem with with the millennial generation is they get participation trophies. You know, like almost like we should only reward the best. But to me, I think just participating uh, is is possibly the more valid way of like uh, handling things. Maybe maybe that's the right way of saying it. Um, so for I want to have a party at the end of each month, and whoever participates, this is the thing: you don't have to run the miles; you can walk the miles. It's just miles tracked. You know, so like. I use Strava to it's my running app to track all my miles and stuff. Just keep track of your miles. Like if um like for instance, um my mom, she walks like a crazy person in the summer. She does a bunch of laps at Meta Park. Um all of those laps would count the same. So she I might run three miles and she walks six. Well, she beat me that day, right? It's not about how fast you do it. It's just about doing it, you know? Um, and I want this to be like a larger group thing. I want this to, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping somebody beats me. I really don't think it's going to happen. Um, so it's a challenge. I'm throwing a challenge out to the larger community. Do you think you can beat me, an average human being, at running, doing pull-ups, and doing push-ups? 
Um, I think, I don't think you can. I think I'm going to win. So, um, so show up, prove me wrong and, uh, you know, beat me, beat me at my own game. You know, it's kind of one of those things like I've stacked the game in my favor. Uh, I'm like, literally it's like, those are the things I'm the best at. I'm, I'm really good at running slow miles. I'm not fast, but I'm good at running slow miles, doing pull-ups and doing push-ups. So I've stacked the game to favor me. I, I really don't want anybody to beat me. But I think it would be awesome if I'm 20th on the list. Uh, if, if 20 people are beating me, then I will consider my listenership um, the strongest group of 20 individuals, uh, I guess all over the world, but you know, who, you know, it'd be, it'd be cool. Let's see it. Let's see if it happens. So check out my website. Uh, I'll probably have this up later tonight, but don't check it until like January 1st. I think I'll have it all finalized by January 1st. And that's probably, I'm going to start this coming Monday. So if you're interested in it, Check it out. I'm going to tell a bunch of my personal friends who aren't listeners of the podcast. I'm going to try to make this um, a larger thing than just the podcast, and uh, and we'll see we'll see where it goes. Um, I haven't decided if I'm doing any like exemptions for girls, like girl push-ups or uh, uh, rubber band pull-ups. Y'all tell me what you think. I feel like my wife. I haven't I haven't told this idea to my wife yet. But I feel like she would say no. Like I'm a, I can do just as good as any guy, which is true. She probably could do uh, just as well as most guys doing like real push-ups and real pull-ups. So I don't know. I don't know. I might. Y'all talk to me. Tell me if I should make an exemption for girls, and we can do girl push-ups and girl pull-ups. Um, if not. We'll run it this way, and hopefully a girl beats me. That um, that would make my day, actually. A lot of people, they get offended like whenever a girl beats them. But for me, I know what kind of work I put in, and I know what I'm bringing to the table. So if a chick is beating me, I give her a lot of kudos because that means she's bringing a lot to the table. She's putting in a lot of work because, uh, like I said, a lot of this stuff comes naturally to me where a lot of girls they have to work at pull-ups, you know? Um, but there are a lot of girls. There are girls women, girls, I don't know, I don't want to be sexist, but there are women in Amarillo who can beat me in pull-ups. There are women in Amarillo that can beat me at this competition. Let's just see if they show up. So, hey, if you have a woman that you think can beat me in this competition, tell them to hop over to my website and enter in. And uh, if they can beat me, then maybe I'll give them a really big cookie. Everybody gets a cookie. I'm I haven't told my wife this yet, but I'm ba- she's going to be making cookies for uh, so at the end of every month I'm going to have a cookie party uh, for anybody who participates, and then I hopefully I'll give out special awards to people that beat me. But we'll see. Let's see where you're at. Let's see people. Let's see. Uh, see if you show up. Let's see where else am I in my intro? Uh, oh yeah. Also, I'm hoping to sign up for races together. So I'm hoping that this like. Panhand, uh, beat the primate or beat the monkey. I haven't decided yet. I've also thought spank the monkey uh, would be a funny name for the competition, but I don't know how sensitive my listeners are. You know, like I don't want to, I don't want to be offending people uh, or running anybody off. So it might just be beat the monkey or beat the primate or spank the monkey. I haven't decided yet, but we'll see. Uh, 
all of that to say, I want I'm wanting to sign up uh, for races as groups, so to where we get um, hopefully a group of 20 people to go to races. You know, I'm thinking a lot of races in Amarillo, but hey, you know, maybe maybe we can get together and do like the Oklahoma City. I already actually know quite a few people that are going to do the Oklahoma City half, and uh, maybe we can do some other races together. That'd be cool. Uh, maybe the community can just start doing whatever races. I mean, maybe just sending three or four people, you know, maybe hopefully I'm hoping people will meet each other, but my, my main goal is half marathons this next year. I'm wanting to run, uh, as many half marathons as I can, as I get the opportunity to. So I will be shouting those out on the podcast and hopefully all these people competing against me or with me will join into and we'll we'll become a, a group of maniac half marathon completers also merch is on the way i uh got the hats ordered they're coming in i still got to pick like a font but i'm pretty sure i got the design down uh, of like what i want it to look like and say it's just gonna say paint on primate but i will have shirts soon so or pff, shirts hats i will have hats soon and then uh shirts probably less sooner you know they will be after the hats so you'll have a crack at the hats first um and i will let you know when you get a crack at those whoo i'm gonna let that be my intro right there that was uh, a solid 21 minutes 22 minutes of rambling and uh hopefully you got something out of it i don't know if you did or not but my first song of the evening comes from mr riley walker this dude put out an album called the lily white sessions it's super dope if you're a dave matthews fan this is the second song off of this that i've played on the podcast it was a few episodes back i played a grace is gone his grace is gone cover this one I'm playing is called Digging the Digging a Ditch. If you're a Dave Matthews fan, you will you will know the song, uh, but you might not recognize it at first. He does a really good job of covering the song where he does like he does it, it's an homage to the song, but it's also a new song. It's also like an advancement of the song. So it's super dope. He's uh, been getting some shout outs from Dave himself. Uh, Dave posted on the somewhere, some social media, um, that he listened to it. He really, he really dug it. He said the first time he heard it, he wasn't even sure who Riley Walker was and he heard it. And he said, as soon as he listened to the album that he went out and bought all of Riley, all all of Riley Walker stuff, all of his CDs, anything you could find by him because he's super talented and this dude i saw him playing in gold at golden light cantina along with like 12 other lucky citizens of amarillo this dude's dope his band was dope um check out the lily white sessions it's up on spotify uh you can buy it on itunes uh this this kid is gonna be a big deal i got a good feeling about it he's got a lot of he's got talent for days and as you can tell from this song, he can um, orchestrate because he's working with a certain starting spot and he takes it to a different place. So it's super cool. So uh, podcast listeners, uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. I'm uh, Thank you for joining me with for the final episode of season two of the Panhandle Primate Podcast. Um, 
I appreciate you being here and dig this song. I will be right back after it. dope or what i'm telling you like um i don't know let me know let me know what you think about that uh i'm digging it that's been one of my like uh it's been on repeat for me like uh i've been working out to it um whenever i clean sometimes uh if i'm just like cruising in the car like you know i had uh quite a bit of time by myself uh driving back up from stephenville from the uh my in-laws ranch and I was listening to some of that. I was uh, 
digging it. So I've, I've really been liking that. Uh, check him out, please. Uh, his solo stuff, or solo stuff, his uh, originals are just as good as his original takes on Dave Matthews. Um, so check him out. Anyway, all right. So my first segment, I'm wanting to talk about the f- uh, fractal nature of life. So uh, I had a, I wanted to write this in a better way. Um, I was going to say like infinitely simple, yet infinitely complex. I didn't like to use infinitely to describe something that was super small. You know what I'm saying? It, it didn't... I wanted a better word there, but I'm sorry. I didn't put the effort in. I didn't get it done. So, um, but, you know, so I wanted to give a couple of examples because this has been hitting me recently. Um, I, I don't know if it's because I'm hitting 30 years old. I don't know if it's because, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but these like weird, you know, I think it's, I think largely it's due to the fact that I'm now a dad. So, the first example I want to give you of life being infinitely simple and infinitely complex is when I play with my kid. So, um, like for instance, one of the things he's been really into recently is chasing me around the house. We have, um, like our dining room leads to a hallway, which leads down to a living room, which ties back into our dining room so uh we've got like a little loop that we can run and he just loves running it he uh he'll stop and he says daddy you want to run and i'll say yes and he says go and we take off running and every time he's chasing me mind you but every time we pass the kitchen that's where my wife shannon is he'll say mama i'm winning even though he's behind me He doesn't understand, well, well, maybe he does. Maybe he has a more advanced idea of what winning is than I do. Maybe he's not even talking about the race. Maybe he's talking about something completely different. But he always, anytime we run through the kitchen, he says, Mama, I'm winning, and he just keeps chasing me. We do this over and over and over. And uh, so there are moments whenever whenever I'm jogging with him, wherever I think, okay, I have two ways that I could react to this kid wanting to play with me. One, I could be annoyed because there's a thousand other things I could be doing. There's things I could be cleaning. There's things I could be working on. I could be studying for a promotional test. I could be uh, learning astrophysics. I could be reading a book. I could be watching a YouTube video. I could be working on my car. You know what I'm saying? There's all these things that I could possibly be doing. Um, So I could be annoyed. I could be saying, man, there's all these other things I need to get done. Or I can look at it and say, this is the most important thing for me to do. You know? So one is a look uh, almost like a longing for the future. And one is an acknowledgement of how blessed I am. I get... And it's it's funny, so like as he's chasing me, this happens, I'm telling you, he'll chase me for like an hour and a half. This kid does not run out of energy. And I'm running the whole time. And my whole theory on it is, man, if a kid's wanting to run, I can let him run. I want him to run. I want him to, like, 
it's such a blessing that he can run. You know, if he wants to run, he's going to be running. So he's chasing me around the house. So the the way that playing with my child shows me how things are infinitely simple is because it is simple. It's literally a two and a half year old just running after me. Most of the time he's not even paying attention. He has like a Hot Wheels in his, his hand and he's like running along the wall, you know? He's not really chasing me. He's literally just running with me, you know? Um, and it's it's just such a simple thing. I mean, he's like, he doesn't even know why he's doing it. I don't even know if he knows why it's fun. He just, it's just what he's going to do, you know? So he's chased me around. So it's infinitely simple in that way. But it's infinitely complex in in the fact that it's like, I can't describe the amount of love I have for him, right? What is love? Like, how do you define love? Uh, it's a, Is it an emotion? Is it a transcendent experience that you in, like share with a deity? Is it a, uh, is it a gift? Is it a chemical reaction in the brain? Did I already say that? I'm not sure. Um, is it an evolutionary thing adaptation to making sure my genes you know progress to the next generation or all of these like there's all these different ways you can explain what love is but uh in reality love is inexplicable i can't tell you why i love my child uh, well i mean i can tell you i can give you reasons but the reasons don't necessarily explain the amount of love that i feel for him or that any parent feels for their child or hopefully parents feel for their children you know um where am i at what am i saying uh okay so it's it's infinitely simple in one way of looking at it but then whenever you start looking at these different aspects it becomes super complex it gets it gains all these layers like there's generational layers like sometimes when he's chasing me i imagine whenever I was his age chasing my dad and my dad was close to my age, right? It happened. I know it happened. My dad was really involved with us, really interactive. He was playful. So I know that I had a similar, if not identical experience with my dad when I was that age. Therefore, my dad had a similar experience that I'm now having with my child. And who knows how many generations that goes back, you know? Maybe to the first man and the first woman, you know, uh, or the first man and the first child, you know, these, it's these, um, the, uh, is it transcendent? I don't know if it's, it's a commonality, right? You know, you share it with all these generations before you. So in one aspect, it's super simple. In one aspect, it's super complex. Another example. That's uh, playing with my kid. Next example would be music. So whether you're a musician or a connoisseur of music, whether you just like listening or you like playing, um, it's the same notes. A guitar is the same notes. Um, No matter even how you tune it, it's still the same notes. The notes don't change. The notes don't go anywhere. You can manipulate them and change them and uh control the parameters around the notes but it's all the same notes it's all the same 12 notes no matter how you rearrange them it's like the piano you know granted there's like an oriental music scale but just for argument's sake let's just talk about see that's the thing is music gets infinitely complex right 
there's multiple scales, there's multiple styles, there's multiple definitions, there's multiple uh, uh, incarnations of it, you know? But just for my point, let's keep it as simple as possible, right? And just say that um, a series of vibrations strike a series of frequencies and we attribute those frequencies to notes, right? So it's super simple. Like, um, I can play every note on a guitar, every single note. I can strike a string and I can play every single note, but I cannot play every single note like John Mayer or the way that Jimi Hendrix played it. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting because it's an infinitely simple uh, starting point. It's the same basic guitar, but there's a multitude of different directions that you can take it in. It's, it's infinitely complex. In a hundred years, there will be new music played on the same guitar, you know? Um, which is, is, it's almost hard to imagine. It's like, are there that many, which granted, I mean, I'm sure like you get, there's some mathematicians out there running the calculations and saying, well, there's actually more possibilities of combinations of notes on a guitar than there are atoms in the universe. Or, you know, they always have like a crazy thing like that, but there's another level to music. So there's that, that. Uh, ultra simple the notes the scales that get infinitely complex but then there's also this interesting thing that that it seems like we all do where we start reading into the music like we read into it deeper and we ascribe emotion and narrative to the song like i always think of like whenever i was a kid and we were in music class in elementary school Oddly enough, directly across the street from my house, I live across the street from my uh, my original elementary school, which is a trip in itself. That's probably part of the reason I'm having these like weird ass thoughts about my kid and stuff is because I'm like living in the shadow of my past. It's weird, but um, they used to play. Damn, I actually didn't think about this before I started the podcast, so I'm like not. But it was a uh, it was like a little musical. With a little boy dancing around, and it's like <laughs> somebody in the audience will probably, if I didn't butcher that too bad, you know, be able to pull it out. It's it's common. Like everybody watched this thing. I mean, probably all the way back to the sixties. This was an old cartoon, but um, it like each instrument was a different character in it, and it like the whole thing was just cartoon with music in the background. And uh, and it built a narrative, and we ascribed a lot of things to the narrative. We, uh, being the listener, the observer, um, we actually built the narrative out of the music. We interpreted it as, oh, that's a playful bird, or oh, that's a mischievous mischievous boy, or oh, that's a ominous wolf. You know, um, it's just interesting to me. Like that's a whole other layer. I mean, that's like a. You have to be a psychologist to be able to break down why humans think that a, a e mi or a, a minor scale is sad and a major scale is happy. Why do we do that? You know, that was one of the one of the first explanations to me of like major the difference between major and minor is they explained it with a feeling. It's like kind of interesting that you can assume other people have the same feelings as you. Um 
Notice why I say it gets infinitely complex. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. Maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion. But there's like a... Uh, so that's why I said fractal. I, I know fractal is the perfect way to describe what I'm saying is that something at a very large scale and it's... Uh, infinite complexity also has the same amount of complexity at its smallest scale you know it's like a fractal a fractalation or whatever but it's a micro and a macro right so um i don't know it's just kind of cool that you can look into the person you love's eyes and understand um a a larger or uh, maybe ascribe a larger love for humanity you know, you know, it's kind of a weird jump, but you can, uh, hopefully, you know, that's, that's what I'm working towards is I want to love humanity as much as I love, uh, my child, which is more than I love myself. Like I love, I will do things for my kid that I won't even do for myself. And I think, you know, that's interesting. You, uh, I know a lot of smokers, cigarette smokers, that have quit smoking cigarettes, they no longer define themselves as cigarette smokers because of a loved one, because of a child was coming into the picture, because their wife didn't want them smelling like cigarettes anymore, right? You make this sacrifice, not for yourself, because you still want to smoke cigarettes. You make the sacrifice for the other person, because they don't want you to smoke cigarettes. It's an interesting step. It's an interesting jump. Fun dynamic to play with. Uh, another thing I'll run through this one real quick is a funny joke. Uh, that is a simple thing. That's real simple. Like a, a funny joke, you know, you, you can't control laughing at it because it's funny. It's just, uh, it's a, it's an involuntary reaction to a series of words. Um, the brain like seizes up, right? It's kind of a weird thing. You start breathing differently. Um, you maybe your eyes start to water, you know, all these different like this chain reaction kind of goes down the line. And um hmm oh a wave of emotion. Um it's like one thing about a good joke is it gets more funny the more you understand it, right? Like the more that you see the sarcasm, the more that you see the uh the wiring beneath the beneath the computer you know the the more you see the work or the thought or the the wittiness that went into that thing being funny and and then it's weird because something goofy like somebody falling or something can invoke the exact same so something spontaneous that has nothing to do with premeditation can invoke the same emotion or the same emotional response that something that's it, uh, incredibly orchestrated, well planned out, set up. Uh, you know, it's like chemistry. It's like an alchemy. You know, like making somebody laugh. So, um, just to say, like a funny joke is infinitely simple because you would say you're laughing because it's funny. It's not that big of. It's not complex. It's not that big of a deal. But then it's the same thing. There's all of these underlying like, what is laughter? What is comedy, right? Why do why do uh, large groups of humans all come to the same conclusion that a series of words or a skit or something like that should be embraced with laughter? It's just interesting to me. I'm not exactly sure. 
That's my happy hour drink I'm still sipping on. Um, but it's fun. I like thinking about that stuff sometimes. Uh, I've thrown a, I was meaning to just hit 20 minutes on that. I might have hit a little bit more than 20 minutes on that. So we'll play our next song. Hopefully you enjoyed that segment. Um, this song is called Illuminate by Absol. Um, let's see, it's off of his 2012 album Control Systems. It's featuring the man himself, Kendrick Lamar. So this song, I really like it because uh, it says, it talks about people wanting to, I th- ah, now I'm not going to be able to remember the line. I can't remember if it says, you want to steal my shine, all my, uh, uh, I can't remember. I'm terrible with lyrics sometimes, but I really like it whenever I'm running because sometimes like people will drive by in their car and they like look at me and this whole song is about, you know, like basically people um, wanting to use your talent and say, hey, look, isn't the human race great? Like we've got people that can do this, you know, like the idolizing of the hero kind of thing. Um, and he's saying, do it. Steal my shine because when you steal his shine, you're actually playing his music, which gives him more shine, I guess. I'm not exactly sure. Tell me what you think about the song. It's a dope song, Illuminate. I really like Absol. I really like Kendrick Lamar. Um, they got something real good going on. So uh, check this song out, and I'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back when I first grabbed that pen, I told myself I was gonna win. And I ain't no win, but it was gonna end. Dub happening, I won't end. So you can take your top five list, dead or alive, and put me after the M. I'm a fucking genius, gripping my fucking penis, living this life. You can't tell me nothing, still ain't really got no money, fucking right. I'm all about that real, about that real. This ain't no motion picture. I tell you how that feel, how that feel. Even when the odds against you, they wanna see me wear polo drawers, put two chains on, and that ain't wrong, but that ain't me. I go too damn hard on me, clothes and jewelry to stand out. Black lip nigga with his hair wild, too damn proud. Killing it since Kame, oh boy, oh boy, I'm the man now. Put the money in my hand, ain't shit free Spin this quicksand and I won't sink Put the pistol in my hand and I won't think Rest in peace, you just made room for the next to be I've never been afraid to say what I wanna say when I wanna say it Okay then, furthermore we do this for y'all Rap stressing but it pays great That is until you lose a pill when your release date Get date raped, stay safe Hold your head, I got two fish and a loaf of bread Feed the people, food for thought Cause we all equal, who the fuck? They wanna share my life I feel like I'm 
run laps around JC. Now I ain't seen nothing, it's nasty. Big and pot gotta come in when I pass two. You got the mic, I ain't the one you wanna pass to. My nigga say my new shit pass due. I pay dues, even got that shit tattooed. High power, run another black two. I know you know we need a few plaques too. The brand new niggas with an attitude. Popping, Compton, the Timbuktu. I might even sell my new shit for 10 bucks too. Too ill when I jot these words. True ill when I shot the world. I know life's bitch. When you know life's a bitch and that's not your girl Cold shit, I'm hot though, like cold get Absol, this is a shifting paradigm I remember when I couldn't spare a dime Now I step in with a paradigm On peas, y'all know me Flow like water, add more roti Be best off of ever to breathe uh, And as we proceed to follow these dreams I ain't losing no sleep No, no, on a no dose And it's no, no, it's no dope So high, but I'm so low Two cups and I sip slow Taking my time, we don't just shine We illuminate the whole show, now let's go. They wanna share my life. 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 Time and time I drop line for line, but only time will tell If I ever go Caliban and cop 39s and cock back and kill See the truth is, they wanna know how close me, Dre and Snoop is So how the shoe fits when they choose this to be Tupac But truth, I give two shits, botch Expectations of critics hating shit I just put moms on vacation, bitch You never know my new location It's across nations, court cases get thrown out So tell that motherfucking King D don't now I am ruler, I am highness, the prince of Munda I am this shit like what the prune does Black on black tent like Kim Takuta Back, bitch, I'm Ken Nakuta Black on black crime, resent the shooter Black, 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 I attend the mutual Racks on racks, I don't rap on tracks Without my A-game, so please don't ask me about no pressure Bitch, with a grip on my fingertip I can hold this coast together They wanna share my life 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 That was uh, Kendrick Lamar, well, Ab Soul featuring Kendrick Lamar. But um, I really did, like, so I let it share my light. I said steal my light before the song, before I play the song. But share my light. And then Kendrick in that little chorus says, you can have all my shine. I give you my light. Ooh. Dang. I'm telling you, man. Like, that's the thing. I know... There are some things in rap music that are hard to listen to, um, like, I guess, ling- I mean, it's not really hard for me to listen to, but I can I can understand how people could say that is offensive, or I don't like that, or, you know, the, the uh, thug mentality, you know, I can, I can understand 
not appreciating that, but dang, man, like, just listen to the flow in that song and all of the things they say. It's just like, whew, it's impressive. It's skill. It's, it's, they're, they're talent, uh, they're, I'm not talented, I'm skilled. Uh, I believe that's another Absol line. Um, so, mm-hmm. pretty good song. So, uh, I would like to now read you a little section from The Unsettling of America by Wendell Berry. This is uh, Culture and Agriculture is like the, you know, the yellow text, the subtitle. So uh, I've been reading this book, really digging it. We actually bought it, oh, hell, maybe two, maybe a summer back, maybe a year ago for a book club. And at the time, I think I was reading a couple other books. I was, you know, just busy working on other stuff. I didn't have the time to give it the proper attention. But I've been reading it recently and really digging the message, the point. Um, and I wanted to select like a small section out of this. Uh, and this one seemed appropriate. I'm not exactly sure why. But let me read you this little section. This is. The first paragraph of his third chapter, uh, The Ecology Crisis as a Crisis of Agriculture. Wait, I read that wrong. The Ecological Crisis as a Crisis of Agriculture. So I'm actually terrible about reading out loud. I'm not very good at it, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know why? Because this is my show and you've listened this for this far. So obviously you don't care that I'm not very well spoken. So I don't care. I'll show you some of my insecurities. Uh, I get maybe that's what this show's about. In a backwards sort of way. Anyway, here we go. So one reason that an organization cannot properly enact our relationship to the world is that an organization cannot define that relationship except in general terms. And no matter how general may be a person's attitude towards the world, his impact upon it must become specific and tangible at some point. Damn. That's the thing. That was one sentence. Wendell Berry is a wordsmith. That's a long sentence, and there's a lot said in it. Next sentence. Sooner or later, in his behalf, whether he approves or understands or not, a strip miner's bulldozer tears into a mountainside. A stand of trees is clear-cut. A gully is washed through a cornfield. Uh, So basically what he's saying in this little paragraph, two sentences, is inaction is still an action. Um, the powers that be are going to make things happen and they're going to take it away not only from us but from like future generations Um, I don't exactly I mean this book's been really touching uh, and it's really telling that he wrote it so long ago and that we're still making like it seems to me like it's like this whole book Everything I read in it so far seems to be written for the time that we are currently living in, like the present time, the present moment. So, consequences, you know, like consequences of what we do, 
there th- those exist, but it's also consequences of what we don't do. Consequences come from what we let other people do. Um, so that it's a great book, The Unsettling of America. Um, it's his argument towards going back to uh, farmers living on small farms and operating them themselves and working them themselves. He's a uh, Wendell Wendell. Wendell Berry is a uh, farmer in Kentucky. If you don't know him, if you haven't read any of his works, uh, he has some badass poetry, and you should definitely read The Unsettling of America. I'm reading it at the current moment. I'll probably, before I'm done with this book, I'll probably throw out some more of it on the podcast, just because it's dope and it needs to be promoted, and uh, more people need to hear it. Because I think it's another one of those things that there's a micro and a macro. There's a macro uh, crisis occurring right now. And um, whether you're Republican or Democrat or believe that global warming exists or doesn't exist or, you know, you can you can go all these ways and say how bad or how good something is. But the truth is whenever they remove a mountain, that mountain can never be put back. Um, when when they lose a certain amount of topsoil, that topsoil cannot be put back. Uh, when you mine a certain thing or whenever you harvest a certain thing or you harvest a certain way, you can never go back to um, – once you destroy something, you can try your best to fix it, but it will never be that thing it was before you destroyed it. So, whew, Wendell Berry's got some heat. Those are two sentences – um it's taken me a long time to get through this book because everything is so dense all the material is so dense um and it's been a lot of fun to read i've been really enjoying it so let's see here where am i at um so my last little segment i'm gonna make this super quick i was really shooting for an hour on this episode but i'm getting close to that right now so i'm gonna go a little over but it's okay Uh, this is my show right so um I want to talk a little bit about um, the misdefinition of being educated. Um, at least how I see it. You know, I always, you know, in this book, The Unsettling of America, he talks about specialists and academia and these people who, uh, and I've actually seen it in other ways, is like people will gain a certain amount of knowledge, but it doesn't get cross shared, you know? So there might be an advancement in uh, our archaeology that maybe a geology or an advancement in art and geology that an archaeologist isn't keeping up with you know what i'm saying vice versa um let's see what's another one there might be a robotics advancement that is not necessarily being applied to medical yet or vice versa you know there's all these different things uh, that specialist and being in a specialized field and having to focus so hard on one thing that you might completely be missing an application or um an idea maybe a uh, advancement in a, a field that isn't yours you know or something like that so um but to me it's interesting because i always thought that being educated just meant that you that you knew things right but that's not necessarily true it's it's a you know one thing not necessarily things some people move Excuse me. Some people do. Some people are just geniuses and they remember everything. And um, 
they're transcend they can transcend fields and uh not fields like in a spiritual sense like fields like uh you know they can be a scientist and uh incredibly insightful uh, english writer you know what i'm saying i mean like they might be doing poetry like wendell berry they might write poetry and also be a farmer you know like all these different um multi what am i saying oh yeah geniuses so geniuses do exist i'm not saying everybody's like this but there is uh uh our world benefits people for focusing really intently on one thing and not really having a broad spectrum whereas um i think it would be i think it's missing the purpose if it is just teaching you a certain set of knowledge um, I think education is really good and it's good to be educated because it teaches you how to assimilate, uh, assimilate knowledge. It teaches you how to critically read. It teaches you how to critically think. It teaches you how to, um, understand some, you know, maybe, a, an experiment or like, you know, an, a linguistic explanation or something, something that might not necessarily be, uh, your field, but, you you now have an ability to make a jump. That's one of the things I like about podcasts so much is you have all these uh, specialists. They make the jump to uh, to explaining it to the public. Like, uh, dang, I'm not going to be able to remember the the name of this podcast. But you know what? I can look it up real quick. Um, one that I've been listening to recently. I think a lot of people should listen to it because it's awesome oh so it's sean carroll's mindscape podcast it's a it's a science podcast but he's he's had some super good episodes recently and he has people that talk about black holes and uh ligo and uh uh gravitation you know ligo is gravitational waves and uh but he also has philosophers and historians and uh, a whole bunch of different people on it's super interesting but it's cool because that's in my opinion that's what being educated is it's not necessarily me being able to explain to you black holes but me being able to listen to an explanation of black holes does that make sense i'm not exactly sure i'm not educated i haven't you know i've taken uh, one continuing ed writing class because my wife thought it'd be good for me uh, other than that, I have Fire Academy, and that's it. I'm not an educated uh, or an advancedly educated person, but I like to think of the education that I have gotten is the ability to assimilate new information. Uh, I don't know exactly if that makes sense, but what I would like to, uh, as an example, I would like to talk the difference between organized sports and uh, an adventure sport. So I grew up doing organized sports such as football mostly um played some basketball played some volleyball uh i wrestled which isn't really a team sport but it's a team it's a it's an organized sport um but i also always had um rock climbing as a peripheral hobby uh since starting in high school um and now i have running which kind of you know, I would rather be running on trails, but I run on road when I can't run on trails. So uh, I, I draw the difference. It's organized sports versus adventure sports or sports that take you somewhere. And that's, you know, maybe from the bottom of a cliff to the top of a cliff, from uh, 
the start of a wave to the end of the wave, you know, something like that, you know, dirt bike riding or something like that. It's uh, it's taking you to a different spot. It can also be a competition, but you know, anyway, let me let me rush over that a little bit. So, um, I think to me, this is what I would this is what I'd say is like organized sports teach us an incorrect way of physical fitness. Um, they teach us that physical fitness is all for one point, which is to win. Whenever, now that I'm older, now that I've participated in some adventure sports, um, I've, maybe because I'm not uh, super talented at adventure sports, but uh, it's not about winning for me. It's about accomplishing a goal or uh being a better version of myself than I was uh, before I tried to better myself, if that, if that makes sense. So um, so this is where I would say that our education the, or actually how we are brought up thinking of education and thinking of education. So that's like an organized sport. It's saying, hey, you need to learn a series of facts and be able to regurgitate them at the exact right moment and there are some uh, benefits to that but i wonder if more so like it's not necessary for me to like run a five yard cut pat like pattern and catch a football doesn't really benefit me very much day to day however being able to run a certain distance or being able to you know have a certain amount of flexibility or something like that can benefit me so it's kind of one of those things to me organized sports is a a gain of knowledge whereas like an adventure sport is a, a way of learning you learn how to learn kind of you learn how to progress or how to uh how to uh, uh, attain goals maybe i don't exactly know some of these some sometimes whenever i write these little segments down they're not a hundred percent um thought out but uh wh- i guess let me wrap this up as quickly as possible but uh so what i'm saying is let's change our opinions let's change the way we view our lives the way we view ourselves the way we view our intellect and take on a lifestyle of learning um, we can learn from children running around. I, I live, I learn from Emmett all the time. He, he does certain things and it teaches me a lesson or even sometimes it teaches me something I've, I've forgotten, you know, it's kind of a wild, a wild way, but it's a posture, right? So like, let's develop a posture, a way of approaching the world that allows us to absorb instead of repel that allows us to understand instead of, uh, like maybe uh maybe like ignorance can't survive if you shine the flashlight on it or some shit like that i don't exactly know sometimes i'll say some lofty shit that doesn't really make sense and that might be one of it or some of it uh the purpose of being educated is you know how to learn that's gonna be the last thing i say about that so i know i know that this was a little less climatic than my first season's end um uh, jenny anzarello was a dynamic guest hayden pedigo slayed it granted my recording of hayden pedigo killing it wasn't a very good one but um he did play an awesome show that was a a high mark should i say 
Um, and let's see here. I am just now, as I speak to you, picking the next song that I want to play. Kind of thinking about it. I'm trying to see like if something jumps out at me. If I'm like, oh, I gotta play that. Um, so I, let's see. I think I know exactly what I'm gonna play. So this is the Arcade Fire. This is off of their 2010 release of the album called The Suburbs. This is a song called City With No Children In It. Um, I can't think of a better uh, album to uh, to leave my second season on. I mean, the The Suburbs by The Arcade Fire is a great album from beginning to end. This is one of my favorite songs off of it. Um, this will be my sign-off. So after this song, the podcast will be done. I really appreciate you listening. I, um, I've i really been humbled. Uh, sometimes I get down on myself about this podcast. Uh, sometimes it's hard for me to do it. It's hard for me to be motivated to do it. Sometimes I feel like, uh, Sometimes I feel like an idiot for doing it. You know, sometimes it's a, uh, it's challenging. Um, you you face like some interesting uh, questions in yourself. Like, does anybody care? You know, uh, is it a, is it worth doing? Is is it uh, is it even adding any value to anything? Um, but you know, as long as one or two people say that they're enjoying it. I probably will keep doing it. Um, My wife has yet to pull the plug on it. So um, she's a really good uh, compass for me. Like she tells me really quickly, she says, Dexter, that's a a dumb idea. Or she says, Dexter, that's a great idea. She's uh, very um, upfront with it. She's, uh, she's, she does, she's a no bullshitter. She's a, she's, um uh, shoots me straight. So anyway, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate all you people for listening. Um share this episode if you feel so inclined. Uh shoot me a uh, review on iTunes. That's always cool to see. Uh check out my website. I got a couple of short stories up there. I got a couple blogs. I'm hoping to put up I need I got a sev- I got several short stories that are like in the final stages. I need to just get them out. Um and I'll work on that. Uh also check out it's not up as I'm speaking, but it should be up by the time you're checking. Um check the uh the Dexter's Dojo tab on my website and uh get into it. Beat me. Um I'm I'm going to be putting up some numbers and I do get slightly competitive about things like this so i'm really hoping that the listenership or my friends or whoever get on there and start posting some really big numbers and uh really making me like push myself uh for this that's really all everything i do everything i do in life is selfish it's self-serving um i'm sure this podcast is a is a uh, example of that somehow this is so maybe I'm a like maybe I I just need um people to to be like hey you got a podcast that's cool I don't know I don't know maybe there's maybe there's a selfish reason I'm doing this but this competition is definitely selfish I uh, 
I'm definitely wanting to win. I'm wanting to stay on top. And uh, I definitely think, I definitely know that there's some people out there. Uh, I know for a fact that there's like a ton of people in Amarillo that will beat me. But the numbers, you got to post the numbers. You got to send them to me. You got to let me know. I'm starting this thing Monday. And each week I'm going to, you know, let's do this whole thing for the whole month or the whole year of uh, 2019 let's uh i'm really looking forward to it for the podcast um and let's make it a big one let's let's do a lot of push-ups pull-ups and uh running so wow that was probably the longest outro that you could imagine so anyway thank you people i love you uh i appreciate you and uh until next time peace